You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Take your Bibles and turn to Psalms 146, Psalms 146, and verse number 5. We'll be reading that here in just a moment. What a thrill to be back in a church that is alive without the jump and the jive. Say amen right there. It's wonderful to be here. And I praise the Lord you have chosen a church like this. I don't think, you know, I travel. I know something some of you don't know. I don't have tunnel vision like you do. We're in 50 churches this year. I mean, think about it. And they're, they're the fundamental churches. They're the good churches. But out of all those good churches, I don't, I, you just don't find many churches with the balance this church has. I mean, you've got a Midwestern pastor that is so nice he could be a liberal. Uh, <clears throat> but, he's, but, he, but he creates a camp meeting atmosphere. Now, that's unusual. That's wonderful. Uh, usually, you know, it, it's all camp meeting or it's all quiet and reserved but he has a combination of both. He's an exciting preacher, but he, he goes deep. He's got something to say. And uh, he's got a wonderful wife and children, and they have paid me to say this. And I, But anyway, I'm just kidding about that. But it's wonderful to be here, and I'm glad that you are here. And uh, by the way, since I saw you last, we have more grandchildren. My wife and I now have 10 children and 41 grandchildren. Number 42 is on the way. And we know it's a boy already. Uh, what is that, August, uh, October, uh, be due in October. And uh, by the way, did you know that when I was born in the days when most, many of you were born, they didn't know whether it'd be a boy or a girl. There was no way to know. There was no way to find out. And not only that, the fathers were not allowed to go into the delivery room when the baby was born. I mean, they had all, it was unheard of. They all had to wait outside in the delivery room until the doctor came out and made the announcement about what was going on in there and what had happened in there and whether it was a boy or a girl. I heard an interesting story one time about a large maternity ward uh, delivery department and a large hospital in a large city and several men waiting to hear the report from their wives. And a doctor came out and said to a man, congratulations, your wife just gave birth to twins. Twins? He said, she's been reading the tale of two cities. I can't believe this. We had this joke going on that she might deliver twins after reading the tale of two cities. About that time, another doctor walked in and said to the second man, congratulations, your wife just gave birth to triplets. He said, triplets? She's been reading the three musketeers. We laughed about that and said, what if she had triplets after reading the three musketeers? About that time, a fellow jumped up with a pale face and started to run out and somebody said, hey, where are you going? He said, I don't know, but I'm getting out of here. My wife's been reading The Birth of a Nation. I'm getting out of here. And <laughs> we've been accused of reading The Birth of a Nation. Uh, but I'm glad to be in so many others. I'd like to have fun with you right now, but I can't. I've got, I've got uh, about an hour of sermon to put in about 35 minutes, so I've got to roll. Here we go. I'm moving to Psalms chapter number 146, and everybody stand up. Stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Uh, lift high his royal banner. It must not suffer loss. Psalms chapter number 146 and verse number 5. I'm only going to read one verse and I'm going to lift one phrase out of that verse and talk to you about it and share with you a truth that absolutely blew me away and helped to change my life. And here it is, Psalms 146 verse number 5. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. 
I want to lift that little phrase out of the verse, the God of Jacob. Did you know that little phrase is found 25 times in your King James Bible? The God of Adam, Adam was the only perfect man outside of Jesus that ever walked planet earth until he fell into sin. He was perfect. But the God of Adam is not found one time in the Bible. That phrase, I mean. Uh, Enoch was so close to God that he had a premature rapture and just went on to heaven without dying. But not one time does the Bible mention the God of Enoch. Melchizedek was so great that even Abraham paid tithes to him when he came back from the slaughter. But not one time is the term the God of Melchizedek mentioned in the Bible. Noah was the only man that found grace in the eyes of the Lord and saved the whole human race by building an ark and putting his family on it. But not one time is the term the God of Noah found in the Bible. Job was the greatest of all the men in the east and stood a great trial like nobody you've ever known in your life and did it faithfully and truly. But not one time is the term the God of Job found in the Bible. The God of Daniel is found one time in the Bible. God of Elijah is found one time in the Bible. The greatest of the great. Uh, the God of John the Baptist is not found anywhere in the Bible. When you come to Abraham, the God of Abraham is found 17 times in the Bible, but most all of those are contained like this, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But the God of Jacob, that one little phrase, is mentioned 25 times in your King James Bible. And the strange thing about it is this, and I got to pray if I don't pray right now, you might be standing through my whole sermon. So let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you and praise you for what you've done. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you'll bless us now. Thank you, Lord, for the excitement of this place just to be in the, under the spout where the glory comes out. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for a man that has a vision and a church that shares that vision with him and a good staff here like Brother Bobby who just brought such a great Sunday school lesson here just before this. Thank you for these good people. I pray that you'll bless us and bless us all now in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated, please. The strange thing about this whole thing is, as you look at Jacob, we know that he was God's child, and we know that he tried to live for the Lord. But there's not a whole lot of good you could say about Jacob's superlatives. He was a deceiver. His very name, Jacob, meant supplanter or conniver or cheater or deceiver. Um, he lied to his brother. He lied to his elderly father and he stole the birthright from his brother. He had to flee from his for his life to keep uh, his brother from putting him to death because he had stole the most valuable birthright from his brother. He went and took a wife named Leah who was the perfect will of God for him and, and then he took another one named Rachel who was a torment to him as long as he lived. Uh, he had a rotten testimony in the sense that he would not forget and forgive. He even stood before Pharaoh and that and said, few and evil have been my days and not attained to the days of the life of my fathers in their pilgrimage. I mean, honest to goodness, he, he lived a defeated life and died a defeated death and there's not a whole lot you can say about the superlatives of this man because he had so many weaknesses, he had so many faults and yet the God of Jacob is found 25 times in your King James Bible and I looked at that and I said, why? And I saw the reason why and I'm going to share it with you right now. 
And that's this, three simple things. Number one, the God of Jacob is the God that shows up to, with un, to unworthy people with amazing grace. In Genesis, you won't have time to turn to all these, but you want to jot down Genesis 28, verse 12 through 16, and listen to what the Bible says here. Genesis 28, 12. Um, and uh, I'll go here says, and he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it, and behold, the Lord stood upon it and said, I am the Lord of Abraham thy father, the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it and thy seed. That's the only time the God of Isaac's found in the Bible, by the way. Now, who's he talking to? He's talking to Jacob. And what's the situation? Jacob is fleeing from his brother because he's done him wrong. He's not looking for God. He's looking for relief. He's looking for escape. He's looking for a way to escape being killed. And he's on his way over to his mother's brother's house because she told him, you get over there, he's going to kill you if you don't. So he's fleeing over to his mother's brother's house to stay over there. And when he gets over there, he's still a cheater and a liar and a deceiver. But on the way over there, he happens to stop in a certain place and lay down. Well, while he was sleeping, he has this dream. And he sees the angels going up and down a ladder, ascending and descending. And God begins to speak to him. And God confirms the Abrahamic covenant to him. And there's no reason in the world why God should have done that. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. And it goes on here. And Jacob awakened out of his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. I, didn't, I wasn't even looking for God. I didn't even know God was around. And yet God was in this place. The Lord was in this place. There's no rhyme or reason why God should have showed up to him. There is no purpose. Listen, he wasn't living the life. He wasn't praying the prayer. He wasn't believing the faith. And yet God showed up to him totally by grace and unworthy. And I need the God of Jacob to show up to me. I'm, I, listen, I thank God for the God of Abraham, Adam, but I'm not Adam. I'm not perfect. I thank God for the God of Enoch, but I don't walk that close to God. I thank God for Melchizedek. I thank God for the God of Noah, but I'm not the only man to find grace in the eyes of the Lord in this generation. I thank God for Job, but I don't believe I can be as faithful as he was in suffering and going on and on. But thank God I can relate to the God of Jacob. Because I have weaknesses and I have faults. And I, if I just depended on what I deserve through my prayer and through my faith and through my worthiness, I wouldn't get much in this world. But I want you to know for nearly 60 years, next year I've been preaching and trying to live for God. And I want you to know all the good things in my life that ever amounted too much, too, too much was just because the God of Jacob showed up in my life and I was unworthy and still unworthy. But the God of Jacob showed up. The God of Jacob showed up. And we need to pray that the God of Jacob was, you know what? Did you ever have God just back his truck up? Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I, Joanna, your pastor's wife, my oldest daughter, and then the one just under her, Sarah. Sarah and her husband live in Winston-Salem, uh, or King, North Carolina, outside of Winston-Salem, and her husband is the assistant pastor at Woodland Baptist Church, north of Winston-Salem. I preach there. It's a great church. And uh, Sarah... Uh, the other day told how that she took her two children uh, out, Brooke and Mason, my, two of my grandchildren, and uh, took them out to, to set up a little stand on a corner and sell some lemonade and cookies and make money to go to church camp. And uh, so she said it was hot, real hot, and said we set out and not many people came by, didn't do very good, didn't do very good at all. And she said, um, uh, finally, I it was hot, always melting hot. And she said, finally, I told the children, look, 
uh, we better call it a day. So they backed the little truck up there to load the stuff, to knock the table down and take it down. And right across the street uh, was a filling station, and she said a kid, now he was a teenager, but a kid hollered and said, hey, don't take that down, I want some of that. And so Sarah said, I told the children, well, let's wait and see what he wants. So they waited. The pickup truck pulled over. It was a teenage boy, and his daddy was in the truck. And the boy got out. He said, you raising money for something? They said, yeah, we're going to church camp. He gave each one of them $40. And then his daddy got out and said, money for church camp. Gave each one of them $100 and gave them $20 apiece to spend for spending money. Now think about that. I can turn, if you need to turn my volume down, you can, okay? They can hear me. They can hear me if I was in the next county. They can hear me. Uh, but anyway, thank you. Thank you. And uh, $320 on just one stop. If I need to use another microphone, we'll do that. Okay, we're on. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, at $320, just with one stop, she said before we could get it loaded and get out of there, we had $478. I told her, I said, Sarah, forget camp and go to Hawaii, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and, and what's the thing? Sarah said this, and I knew this about Sarah. Sarah's a straight line. She don't show any emotions at all. She's a very serious type person. And she said, you won't find me lifting a finger in church. Now, Sarah and Mark go to kind of a camp meeting style church too. I mean, they have old timey singing and they get happy now and then. And, uh, but she said, not me. She said, I, I sit in church. You know, we all have different personalities, don't we? She said, I just said, she said, I'm like my mama. My mama never raised one finger in church and she wouldn't. And, uh, but she said, uh, she said, you know, uh, the, Brooke and Mason are gone with their daddy right now. This had just happened. She said, Brooke and Mason gone with their daddy. But said, when they get back, I'm going to put on that song, God has been so good to me. And she said, I'm going to get my hands in the air, and I'm going to praise the Lord. And I wonder if God backed his truck up to you before in life. I can tell you times he backed his truck up to me. God was so good. 21 years ago, I had cancer. Everybody thought I was going to die. My wife thought I'd die. I thought I'd die. My church thought I'd die. Joanna over here, your pastor's wife, thought I'd, she'd come down there and taking pictures with me in the yard so that she'd have pictures when I'd die. And honest, before God, I said to her, I said, Joanna, you know, if I happen to live, you're going to hate you wasted all this time and all that film on me. And that, that's been 21 years ago, you know. But I promise I'll mention it at her funeral when she passes away. I'll, I'll, uh, but anyway. Uh, so, so that's been 21 years ago. Here's what they told me. They said, you got cancer. It's colon cancer. They said, it's spread. We don't know how far it spread. We took the sample out. We know it's gone beyond the sample. It could be, we don't know whether we can save your life or not. We don't know whether it's doable or not. But we've got to cut you open and go in there and try to get it out. If you have a chance to live, it's because we operate on you. I, I want to be honest with you. I wish I was a man that had the faith of Noah. I wish I was a man that had the faith of Job or Abraham. I didn't. But I I was more like Jacob, worrying about everything. I had a dark veil over me. Now, if you ever got cancer, you relate to me. And I had a dark veil over me. It was just, I couldn't shake it. I couldn't get it off. Oh, I know after all those years of preaching, I should have been a man and said, I'm trusting God to heal me. God in heaven can heal me. He's healed others. Yeah, but I wasn't. I was more like Jacob. And they cut me open like a watermelon, went in there and took out that much of my colon, brought the top down, sewed it onto the bottom. By the way, when they do that, they take everything out and they don't put it back where they find it. 
it takes you at least a year to get straightened out. You say, what does that mean? I ain't telling you, but it takes you at least a year to get straightened out. But anyway, anyway, that's been 21 years ago, but I'm going to tell you what. They're still looking for that cancer. It wasn't there. None of it was there. They couldn't find it. They were so sure that it had to be there. They sent the sample, sent that part of the colon off, and they came back and said, we couldn't find the germ of cancer. We don't recommend chemo radiation or anything. That was, that was a better miracle than I was a man. Oh, thank God for the God of Jacob. Thank God for the God of Jacob. I was thinking about Kelly Bybee, your, your assistant, one of your assistant pastor's wives. I've known her since she, I preached for her daddy when she was a little girl in California. And did you know when Kelly was eight years old, she had got cancer and it was serious. And they should have made your surgery. And they gave her chemo and radiation and her hair came out. A little eight-year-old girl. And did you know one doctor told her she'd never have children. Well, don't tell her two teenagers and the one in college. They wouldn't believe it, would they? <clears throat> yeah. And Kelly's as healthy as anybody in this room. Kelly's as healthy as anybody in this room. And the God of Jacob showed up. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? I need a God. I need the God of Jacob. Oh, I thank God for the God of Noah, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of John the Baptist. But I need the God of Jacob. And that's why God put it in the Bible 25 times because he knew most of us was not Noah and we were not Abraham and we were not Isaac and we were not Elijah. Most of us are like Jacob. We're too weak and too much of what we ought not to be, but God shows up anyway. I thank God for that. Amen. I thank God for that. God just backed his truck up. God, I wish I had time. You know, we, we went through a building program. We're still in a building program at our home church. My son is my pastor, by the way, one of my sons. And uh, this building program, I'm telling you the truth. If you, you know, if you love life in good days, don't go through a building program. Just don't go. <clears throat> you know, I never had much sympathy for a drunk till I realized the first drunk was pulled by a man who just finished a building program. His name was, his name was Noah. He just finished a building, built the ark and got drunk. And I, I never had much sympathy for that until I went through a building program. But anyway, uh, just by, I mean, listen, Joseph told me this past March, they had to fire the contractor, had to get rid of him in the middle of the stream and, had, and didn't know what to do. And the thing is costing way more than they thought and all, everything in the world going wrong. And Joseph, he called me now and then, Joseph called me and said, Dad, look, I'm more angry than anything. I'm just mad about it. And he says, don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm in a mess. And here I am, and everything rises and falls on leadership. And I'm afraid the people's going to think, and I ain't doing it. And all these different things. And it, that was along about the 1st of March. Did you know that the 1st of March, outside of, we're in a giving program to help build that building. My wife and I are. We're members there. We, that's where we go when we're home. And uh, also, we give our faith promise given and we also give our tithes and offerings but outside of the special offerings for the building outside of the tithes and offerings outside of the mission program there was a five thousand dollar check came in on march the 5th toward the building that's the first sunday in march the second sunday in march march the 12th somebody outside of the regular giving gave thirty two thousand dollars toward the building one check on the third sunday the 19th somebody gave twelve thousand dollars extra in a check on the same sunday somebody gave fifteen thousand dollars extra in a check on the same sunday somebody gave sixteen thousand dollars extra in a check and that was the third sunday and before the next sunday on the thursday of the following week somebody sent a check in for thirty thousand and on the fourth Sunday, March the 26th, uh, Charity went to the mailbox there at her house and somebody had sent a check for $500,000. 
for a half a million dollars for the building front. He said, good night. We're not holding the bottom of heaven. Can't plug it. I mean, what's going on here? And, uh, and you say, oh, the pastor had great faith. And oh, the pastor had, the pastor's word to death. The pastor was grieved. The pastor's angry about what is going on. But the God of Jacob just showed up. You had, you know, this building over here, I, I about have a hallelujah conniption fit. When I heard somebody grave a check for oh, $327,000 to pay off your school, yes, <clears throat> your pastor wouldn't take any glory for that. He had a plan to pay it off, but it's going to take longer than that. It's going to take longer than that. But the God of, you need the God of Jacob in your church. And you, boy, this church, you think you got a great church? You do. But you ain't seen nothing, Hazel. You ain't seen nothing, Boudreaux. To what God could do around here if you just call on the God of Jacob. You say, we need more faith, and we do. But we need the God of Jacob to show up for people that don't have enough faith. And don't pray enough. The God of Jacob. The God of Jacob. The God of Jacob. Man, I wish I, I could tell you story after story about the God. We need the God that will show up like Jeremiah 33. Uh, call unto me, and I'll show thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. The God of Jacob, to show up in Ephesians 3.20, that can do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or even think. The God of Jacob, that can surprise you. Wouldn't you love to have a God like that in your life? You can if you'll ask for the God of Jacob. Blessed is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help. Blessed is he. The God of Jacob hath appeared unto thee, Exodus chapter 4. He's here this morning. He wants to become your God. He wants to bless you and help you. Number two, the God of Jacob can change your name. The God of Jacob can change your name. In Genesis 32 and verse number six, I want you to hear what the Lord said. In Genesis 32, six, and the messenger returned to Jacob saying, we've come to thy brother Esau and also he cometh to meet thee with 400 men with him. This is the brother that he stole the birthright from. He hated him. They got in a fight in the room before they were born. They were twins. And got in a fight before they were born. They'd always been hated enemies of each other. Now he hears after these years and stealing his birthright, here comes his brother and his brother is going to, got 400 men with him. When he hears that, he knows he ain't coming to wish him a her early happy birthday. I mean, he knows his life's on the line. And there's no hope. He can't outrun him. And the Bible tells us, here's what he did. In verses number 24 through 28, Jacob goes into a place of prayer and he said, I gotta have God. Lord, I've gotta have you. He's gonna kill me. I've gotta have you, God. He's gonna kill me. And they wrestled with him, a man, till the break of the day. That man was a personification of an angel or the Lord Jesus. I'm not sure which. I'll ask the Lord when I get to heaven, but watch this. He wrestled with him till the break of day, and this angel said, let me go. He said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I'm, I'm going to die. If you don't bless me, I'm going to die. He said, let me go. He said, I will not. He said, all right, what is your name? Jacob. And when he admitted that name, he admitted what he was. A cheater, a conniver, somebody always under, under the cover doing something. He admitted who he was. God says, no longer shall you be called Jacob, but thou shalt be called Israel. For as a prince thou hast had 
power with God. The name Israel is the greatest name in the word of God outside of the name Jesus. The name Israel is the greatest name. It's the name of the greatest nation on planet earth and the nation that will rule the world during the great kingdom age. Israel. He changed his name. And you and I need our name changed. Oh, I don't mean the, the last name like Brown, Smith, Jones, or French. I'm talking about who we are, not what we do. I need a God greater than, than uh, that can just convict me of sin and forgive me of sin and turn me around and change what I say and do. I need a God to change who I am. I need a God that can change who I am. Who are you? Are you that person that your lifetime has been marked with selfishness? Are you that person that's got tongue problems? What you say uh, and how you say it and the negative and the criticism. Are you the worrying person? You always worry. Instead of trusting God, you're worrying and worrying and worrying. And, and lethargy, lethargy, lazy, knowing what you ought to do. And lack of discipline, lack of self-discipline to, to make yourself be who you ought to be and do what you ought to do. Are you the stubborn one, the argumentative one? Are you the one that has these evil thoughts and you've been doing it for years and you keep saying, I got to stop this and you keep doing it? Let me tell you something. You need more than forgiveness for your next evil thought. And you need more than forgiveness for your next sin. And you need more than forgiveness because you didn't do this, that, or other. You need a new name. You need to be changed. Do you ever stand in front of the mirror and look in the mirror and say, I don't like who you are? Do you ever do that? Well, if you don't come up here, let me sign your Bible right after service. I've never met anybody like you. I stand in front of the mirror and I think that. And the God of Jacob can change your name. And I want you to know the God of Jacob has met with me and changed a whole lot of things about me through the years. But there's still a man that I have never been. I see a man that I've never been. And I've got several areas in my life that I need the God of Jacob to show up and just change me. I don't know. Every time I say something wrong or do something wrong, I confess it, and often I have to confess it to other people. But that's not what I'm talking about. I need to be changed. I tell you what I'm talking about. I'm talking about 1 Samuel 10, 6, the Spirit of the Lord shall come upon thee, and thou shalt be turned into another man. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about 1 Samuel 10, 9, and it was so that God gave him another heart. God gave him another heart. God changed him. God changed him into somebody else. The God of Jacob can change you. I didn't say the God of Jacob can forgive you. Of course he can do that. I didn't say the God of Jacob can straighten you out next time you get off course. Of course he can do that. I said the God of Jacob can change who you are. And we excuse, well, that's just who I am. My mother was that way. My grandmother was that way. Some lady says that. Some man, well, my daddy, he had a temper. And, I, you, know, I'm, you know, I'm not as bad as he was. And, and uh, I saw a shirt in Cracker Barrel that said, if you don't like my attitude, quit talking to me. That's what he said. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you what. If people don't like your attitude and people don't like my attitude, we need to do more than quit talking to them and them talking to us. We need the God of Jacob to change some things about us, and he can. The God of Jacob showed up, just showed up, and he changed some things about Jacob, and it came out wonderful in that circumstance. The God of Jacob can change you. And let me just say this. The God of Jacob can not only show up with amazing grace, the God of Jacob can change your name, but the God of Jacob let me turn here and see what else he can do. Here it is. The God of Jacob can orchestrate your salvation. 
Now listen to this carefully. In Romans chapter 9, verse 10 through 13, don't let me scare you now here. Uh, when, I, when I get done, you'll know what I believe. I'm not a hyper-Calvinist. You say, what is that? If you don't know, you're blessed of the Lord. You really are. But uh, let, let me show you this here. In Romans chapter 9, here's Jacob. This is said about Jacob. Uh, and not only this, but when Rebekah had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac. Now, Rebekah was Jacob's mother. And Isaac was his father. For the children, and they were twins, and they were in her womb. For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger, as it is written, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. Did you know long before Jacob was born, God in his providence was bringing him around to be a child of God? And to be a believer. Yeah. Did you know something? You may not know this. You, even you, some of you saved don't know this. But God was working a long time before you got saved. He was working a long time to bring you to the place of salvation. My daddy got saved when he was 15 years old in Hokins Creek Swamp. 30 years before I was born. He was a 15-year-old boy. And he, God called him to preach shortly after. He was picking peas in the pea patch, and God called him to preach. And he said, God, I can't preach. I can't even talk. I hide behind the house when company comes. But he said, I had a place of prayer over by a rock in a pasture, and the cattle was there. He said, I'd go over there every morning and pray. Just got saved. He said, I was over there praying one morning, and I just felt led to pray. Dear Lord, someday I'll grow up, and I'll get married, and I'll have a son. And dear Lord, when you give me a son, and save him and make a preacher out of him. I can't preach. Would you make a preacher out of him? I'll give you my sister's telephone number. I've only got one sibling. I'll give you my sister's telephone number. You can call her and she'll tell you Larry preached the whole time through grade school, high school. I didn't even get saved till I was 18. Every time I got a chance to make a speech, I was up preaching. I was lost as a Louisiana lizard, but I just loved to preach. I believe God called me to preach 30 years before I was born, and God was working in my life to bring me to the place. Now, when I came to the place of salvation, I could have said no to God. But he was working and orchestrating my salvation now listen to this. God is working on your behalf that you might be saved. You say, how is he working? Well, number one, he lets you be born in a nation where you could hear the gospel. Did you know half of this world will never hear the name of Jesus Christ unless we get busier than we've been reaching them with the gospel? Did you know you were born in America? Did you know you realize the millions and billions of people that have never one time heard the name of Jesus? They'll die and go to hell without hope. God put you in a nation where you could hear the truth. Not only that, God put you in a church like this and called a man like that to preach to you. Or if you're just a visitor this morning, somebody like me to preach to you and tell you the truth. And you could be in any one of a dozen cults this morning and be lied to and deceived and led off into error and drop off into hell because somebody in wolves, some wolf in sheep's clothing led you astray. But God put you here where you could hear the truth and hear the Bible and hear what is right. And somebody opened the living, pure word of God and tell you what was right and what was wrong and tell you how to be saved and tell you how to go to heaven and God has arranged and worked in your life to bring you to the place of salvation what are you going to do about it you know what in London the blitz bombs falling world war II world war II bombs falling buildings falling people dying children in the streets and there somebody heard a scream and a cry of a woman high in a building 
and she was screaming for help, and it was getting hot up there. The building's on fire. It was about to collapse, and it was a fire and burning. She was screaming. She could feel the heat, and she could see the doom, and she knew she was gone. But little did she know, little did she know that at a fire station several blocks away, the call had already come in. Little did she know those firemen had thrown those uh, clothes on asbestos and slid down that pole and jumped on that truck and fired that thing. Uh, well, actually, it wasn't a truck. It was, it was a horse-drawn vehicle in those days. And, and pulled that thing out of the fire engine down. Little did she know they were on the way. Little did she know that, God, that they had orchestrated her salvation. And when they pulled up to that building, it was too far gone for anybody to mess with. But they still pulled that big ladder out. And one man, one man, one man, big burly fella, he said, let me have the ladder. And boy, up he went. And when he got to the top, the windows already broke out. When he got to the top, she turned and saw him at the window, and we don't know why. But for some strange reason, she, no, no! I guess she'd become deranged. And he begged, he said, come, look, I can get you down. I can take you down. No, no! And they said they saw that big burly fellow come backing down that ladder. And they said when he turned around, tears were dropping off his cheeks. And he said, I wanted to save her, but she wouldn't let me. I wanted to save her, but she wouldn't let me. I wonder if there's somebody in this room that throughout all eternity, throughout all eternity, you're going to hear the lovely Savior say, I wanted to save you. I didn't want you to burn in hell forever and ever and ever. I didn't want you to scream and claw at your eyes for pain. No, I wanted to save you. I died for you on the cross. I put you in a church. I let you hear the gospel. I wanted to save you, and you wouldn't let me. We need the God of Jacob. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.